welcome back, Duncan McNair, to All About Animals Radio. Pleasure to have you back again. Good to be here. Thanks very much, Yvonne. Now, we've got some exciting news now because your bill, the Animals Low Welfare Activities Abroad Bill, has passed its third reading in Parliament and unamended as well. So please, far away, tell us all about it. Well, it really is a very landmark moment, so we believe. Um, I founded Stay eight or rather eight and a half years ago, um, uh, in large part for this very moment. And the uh, what has happened now is that um, a private member's bill was presented in Parliament at the beginning of this calendar year in January um, it, on a second reading. There had been a technical first reading where someone steps up in, in the House of Commons and announces the name of the bill. That's it. That's the first reading. But it really took off with the second reading. It's called, as you say, the Animals Low Welfare Activities Abroad Bill. And it is um, potentially extremely important, said by many to be the most important animal welfare legislation in 50 years in the UK. Its objective is to ban in the UK the advertising and sale of venues abroad where not just Asian elephants, but all vertebrate species, all vertebrate species, thousands of them potentially, used in tourism at overseas venues. Um, and so that means, of course, as well as elephants, it means apes, like gorillas, chimpanzees, monkeys, big cats, lions, tigers, panthers, leopards, and so on, um, dolphins, bears, avians, um, you know, ostriches are beaten up uh, to, to, to submit to being ridden. Um, marine life, that's vertebrates. Um, and equines, you know, horses, donkeys and so on. All of these, I'm sure many of us on holiday abroad have seen them. being horribly treated, whether it's in, um, uh, you know, it's in um, circuses or zoos or um, in all sorts of um, uh, occasional or random venues in temples. Um, on the open plains where they're in, still uh, being controlled for riding and so on, all those things. So what would the effect of this would this bill would be to ban, uh, regulate uh, with penalties, financial penalties, um, anyone in the UK who directly or, or in various ways indirectly advertises these places um, uh, insofar as the activities happening at those places would be an offence in England under what's called the Animal Welfare Act 2006. Were those matters, those those uh, that treatment to be happening in the UK? That's the, okay. frame, that's the framework of the bill. It has, as I said, enormous bullfighting, bull running, but many, many, many other things. Now, I've I've been going through um, the well on the government website, everything that was said. And the facts that I think many people don't know that 70% um, of travellers cite their holidays impact on animal welfare as a concern. Mm -hmm. And there was a World Animal Protection 2016 report checking out of cruelty. And it was the first piece of global research on this issue that people might be interested to know about that they found that three in four wildlife tourist attractions involve some form of animal cruelty. About half a million animals are suffering in these venues. 
and approximately 110 million people visit cruel wildlife tourist attractions. Now, those people could be visiting attractions with wildlife that don't do cruelty. And this is the thing, isn't it, Duncan, that you're trying to not take anything away from people, but also help in a climate crisis, a species not to be decimated as the Asian elephants have been by captivity, but to try and say to people, please don't do this, do this, and make it really easy for people to buy the right tickets. Uh, I, think, I think the question you're asking is, uh, what? First of all, as far as that report, I think that's an underestimate of the number of animals that are affected. That report said 550,000. I think it's vastly that. Well, that was 2016, so it's probably so gone up. The Asian elephants thinks that both then and now it's considerably more, more now, certainly, and I think more then. But anyway, certainly uh, those sorts of figures of people visiting unethical venues um, is, is enormous, tens of minutes. And we don't lose sight of the fact that many people are catastrophically injured and killed when they're put in proximity to creatures uh, that have been brutalised. And I've spoken to people who've lost their loved ones for some of them being killed by rampant elephants, stabbed and, and going, you know, going mad as a result. Um, so there's that human element as well. And um, we, we, if your other question, I'm not sure if it was, was how do we tell a good from a bad venue? Well, um, again, the framework of this act is that like many others, when it's as and when we hope desperately it's passed, and we can talk more about um, arcane parliamentary procedure if we need to. But then, when it gets royal sense and becomes law, then the Secretary of State for the Environment has to listen to relevant bodies about what regulations or what should be in the regulations that will go down into the close detail of what is um, an acceptable or rather what is a not an acceptable practice that would be caught by this act. So uh, those um, un un unscrupulous people who make money out of the misery of animals and the and danger to tourists will no doubt quite hard to say, like, for example, that elephant riding's fine. And indeed it's not, and we have an abundance of evidence. That uh, argument can be, um, can be uh, imposed uh, superimposed on many, many different sorts of situations. But generally speaking, the science is now far better understood about the sentience of all these animals and about how they suffer. For example, it wasn't until that recently recognised that dolphins suffer immense stress when they're forced into tiny spaces that have to do all sorts of unnatural activities day after day, hour after hour, with tourists who cling on to them and who force them up in the air to squeak and to, to flip back and so on. Those are very damaging things for, in many ways, psychologically and physically for the dolphins, to give one of thousands of examples. So, uh, it, it's, so the framework of this act, we can't, of course, um, in England and, and in Britain, UK, we don't have international jurisdiction to stop things happening directly in foreign countries. But what we can do is to regulate what we advertise in our country to our own people, or what we 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 um, that we stifle and prevent being advertised, both for their good as well as the good of the animals. And that's how this act will work. It will prevent, uh, uh, as I said, the detail will be by these regulations that will be formulated. There is a legal obligation on the Secretary of State uh, to 
um, to to um, fulfil those regulations and to act upon them. And they will we um, will anticipate and, and state will be playing its part as it has since it started this campaign uh, to ensure that all um, abusive treatment of animals in any form of commercial exploitation or are included in those regulations. I've given two simple examples of the riding and um, the playing with dolphins. So there are thousands and we haven't got time to go through all of them, but that's the structure of how it would happen. So the, the idea is humans are protected from that sort of advertising, both for the sake of the animals so it steers the market away towards ethical tourism by the market, the demand. Diminishing for unethical. Uh, and also, it, of course, it, it, it helps the people and uh, the, the tourists protect them and it protects the animals. So that, that's how it works. I find it really heartening, and I hope other people do as well, that the cross-party support has been huge. Now, I've read through the long list of names, all the comments, and I don't think people really understand how the cross-party um political system can work in favour of various things and in this case obviously animals. Um, can you talk a little bit more about how you got so much cross-party support and how actually the MPs are happy to work together you know on certain causes and obviously someone told me recently that the most common subject that an MP of any party has written to about in this country is animal cruelty. I don't know if you agree on that. Well Yes, certainly. Okay, so on that last point, you know, many, many MPs in the context of these debates on, on the animals' low welfare activities abroad Bill and elsewhere, they said their post bags are bulging with demands to help animals, to relieve them of their terrible pain and suffering at the hand of man. Um, That's been certainly true um, in, in the case of this bill and, and the work that Safety Asian Elephants has done to bring it forward. Um, you know, there's been a legacy of, I'm afraid, concealment and of being misled for the public by the wrong end, the bad end of the industry and those who commercially exploit animals. So that um, really, even today, we've been great pockets of people, intelligent, well-informed people, who don't realise the horrors for many, for many of these species in tourism. That is something I've really, really been keen to try to roll back and to expose. And as that awful mantle has fallen away to reveal the horrors, people have come in their droves, they've made their feelings known to their elected members of Parliament. They, in turn, very often from a feeling of compassion. And sometimes, of course, because they realise that they must act upon the wishes of their constituents if they wish to be re-elected. Um, but both of those, certainly compassion is amongst it. Um, have decided to act, and they've now got the opportunity with this bill that stay has been that I, I, I conceived it. I'm um, proud to say I, I was asked by government in 2018 to draft a bill, which I did. Uh, and indeed, there are many elements in this bill. The great thing is, in the discussions that I've led with uh, government with number 10 uh, for, for two or three years um, through the pandemic and beyond. Um, we were able to open up the, the expanse, the escape of this bill, not just from Asian elephants, but to pretty much all species abused in tourism. And yes, we have had very good support from all the parties. Um, nothing happens by chance, in my estimation, virtually nothing. And, you know, it is hard work. It's very, very hard work. But many people, whether they're politicians or not, are prepared to get up in 
in Parliament, for example, or, or, or anywhere in a church or wherever, and say, do you know what? I think, I think it is a good idea that baby elephants are beaten to death for tourism profits. How many? I don't, I've not met any, certainly not in this country. I've met many people who have misunderstood and misapprehended that, for example, elephant riding is fine, um, or that making elephants stand on top of each other, or, um, you know, um, uh, using a, a, a big ape as a, as, a, as a photo prop and keeping it in a tiny cage and poking it with a stick is probably all okay. But those numbers are diminishing, and the, the more and more people now are coming to recognize the horrors of these species, very often highly endangered species that won't be around. They won't be around much beyond our lifetime, certainly not in the wild, if we carry on at this rate. So okay. I think there is a change and I, I, I'm so pleased, I, you know, that, that we've managed to get where we are, that, that I mean, today is very, we're quite small, but we fight very, very hard every day and i work on this probably eight hours a day every day as well as my normal job uh, in addition um but it's worth it it's really worth it and anyone who's seen for example what i've seen even in thailand two or three months ago baby elephants covered in blood uh crying as they're stabbed and, and have males uh squashed into their necks to make them perform and then running away screaming under their mothers for protection would never uh, once the days go by that they didn't fight, they didn't carry on fighting, and that's why it, it, this is largely a, an image-led campaign and videos. It's very important that people don't believe it happened, why? Because it's so ghastly, uh, but but it does indeed happen, and more now than ever before. So I tell you that the relevance of this law to our country is that now there are more. UK-based travel companies advertising brutal venues than ever before. So today, there are 1,212 UK-based travel companies that are selling unethical elephant venues alone, let alone all the other species. Worth and this is the thing, isn't it? People can't, if, if ABTA's going to sell it and their travel companies are going to sell it, even if they try and take out what they think is the worst, then it's not going to stop. And I would say that people don't realise that sometimes advocates and people can fight for 50 years. Um, that's not an under-exaggeration, 50 years to free individual animals because people won't stop buying tickets. And your bill could literally open cages and when and the big thing as well people always say oh well where will the animals go there's nowhere for them to go you know they'll be killed this will happen that will happen and that's not the case at all is it because there are many people trying to put these wild animals into sanctuaries and then if you if you want to tell us more about the good tourist attractions yes certainly i mean you're absolutely right there's a misapprehension and um, it's true there would have to be a transitional period for those venues but finally realise the game is up and they want to go ethical, even if it's only for their own commercial reasons, you know, because the demand for ethical it's been a big shift towards ethical. Right. Um, but the irony is when you look at a lot of these places, they're perfectly well set up to be ethical. It's just wanton, it's wanton greed and in indolence and thinking about it. 
And well, we've always beaten up elephants. So why don't we carry on? No, that's not good enough at all. So many venues with very limited uh, capital investment can change from unethical to ethical. Uh, and uh, it, there are also very good places that are genuine sanctuaries, for example, Elephant Nature Park in Chiang yes. Mai, one of many, that will receive um, uh, the distressed animals that are psychologically broken. Uh, and so it, it, it's very important now that there's a mind shift in amongst humanity you know, to, to protect these species. All these ridiculous arguments. Uh, you know that they're not good enough and, and 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 there must be a sea change towards ethical tourism where elephants are for example elephants are kept in as near to a natural environment as possible in herds exhibiting natural behavior from a safe and respectful distance that we can watch them that's what people want to see they don't want to see beaten up broken down elephants that are coughing out their last that, that are being forced to Paint, uh, paint or play darts or tread over people. They don't want that. They want to see the wonder. And we've seen both kinds of elephants in the wild with their with their herds, their babies, acting naturally. That's the wonder of elephants and, and of many other species. They want to see animals on the plains and in the forests uh, from a safe distance. I'll give you an example. You know, um, for example, when I was in, in Thailand, I watched the elevated walkways through areas of, of where you can you can you can walk up, you know, your your sort of twenty or thirty meters in the sky, as it were, on a very safe and secure walkway uh, that you can walk through and look down below to see the elephants. They scarcely know you're there in the sense they're not interfered with, and you see the wonder of elephants in their natural state. Now the cost of, of, of a walkway is, is, is not trifling, but it's not that large compared to the cost of the overall operation. And certainly that's repeat in additional tourism. Now, when people see elephants in their natural state, they're, they're far more full of wonder than seeing these poor broken down creatures uh, being made to do the demeaning and ridiculous tricks and so on. Uh, and apart from anything, if you be utterly brutal, to keep elephants in in, in cruel circumstances limits their life enormously, as well as their quality of life, but their length of life. So what, what business destroys uh, wantonly its own capital investment, uh, which is providing it with an income? Um, you see, that's what people think, though, isn't it? They think, oh, it can't be that bad because these animals are important to them. They keep saying they love their animals. And yet, like a zoo, we'll say an animal, an elephant is old at 45 years old, when really, you know and I know, they can be 90 years old in the sanctuary. But it's almost like accepted, oh, she's made it this long, so that's brilliant. And oh, you must have loved and cared for this animal. And the rest of us are thinking, well, actually, no, she should, she's only halfway through her life. Yeah. And, yeah, and, and it's, it's the PR marketing of a lot of these places that just basically just, yeah, just, you know, sends a false advertisement out there, doesn't it? It does, and I, I, that, that's really, this act, this bill, when it becomes law, we hope desperately it will, uh, will catch those sorts of places. And you're right, there's a huge ocean of propaganda that still washes around these places. I read, um, send samples and I read them in all sorts of places every day. People pay good money 
we should know better to spout yes. this propaganda. I've, I've interrupted speeches that have been made to say that this does not square with the facts at all. It is nonsense to say that it's rather good for elephants to be uh, doing tricks in front of humans and to be um, uh, to be giving rights. What they don't mention is the utter terrible brutality uh, to elephants and other species uh, when they're illegally caught from the wild, illegally but brutally caught, often their mothers killed in front of them to protect them. Taken away, isolated, starved, dehydrated, beaten, stabbed, and, and all the rest of it, as little babies usually, to break their spirits for easy use in tourism. That's normal. And then for riding, you know, elephants are wild animals. They're not like a they're not like a horse, which has been domesticated as a species for ten thousand years. Uh, they will uh, they are if they're threatened, they will attack. Um, especially, I mean, male elephants in moose, it's deadly. They're very dangerous, aren't they? Yeah. Um, but, but so, so there's an, an awful lot of nonsense that is sadly deliberately deployed in the pursuit of commercial gain, and it's outrageous. And these poor elephants, you know, now there used to be millions and millions of Asian elephants across Southeast Asia. There were millions, if not tens of millions, in China alone. Now the entire world population, including um, all in the wild and all in captivity, is barely 40,000, and they're falling. And you will get to a point of no return, and we hope it hasn't yet been reached, but it's mighty close. And so these animals and other, other species that are involved in tourism equally, many of those species I mentioned to you, you know, the apes, the cats, um, uh, some marine species and avians, they're getting very close to the end. And so we're really at stay. We are proud to be, in a way, the mother and father of, of, of this bill. We, we were very gratified and grateful to so many politicians who pointed that out in, in the chamber of the House of Commons during these, um, uh, these, these debates that all went unopposed um, and, and, and got through the Commons completely intact with no amendments. And we hope that does represent the spirit of our nation that this brutal exploitation has been pushed, pushed to the margins as public awareness has grown. And we hope now, of course, that as we take into the upper house, the House of Lords, that there will be similar um, expressions of unanimous support. We hope so. We're not assuming it. There are dangers, you know, hostile amendments can be introduced that will seek to undermine and destroy the efficacy of the bill. Uh, and and uh, and also we we must be careful that we don't so tamper with the bill, which depends upon government support for it, that government does not drop it. I I take absolutely nothing for granted when it comes to such a very important issue as these species, their protection um, from this awful brutality. And their survival as species in the future, that's what we're talking about. Um, the UK doesn't have the commanding presence on the global stage that once it did, but it still has an enormous presence and it has a disproportionately huge um, involvement in the unethical tribal industry. It's a shame upon our nation. We can do something to repair that. And also it is my will and stays determination that we will seek to encourage every other country we can lay our hands on to adopt a similar pass of, of legislation. There is absolutely no reason why it cannot and should not. And we're getting very good responses. I'm conducting a lot of meetings with other countries. 
Uh, they are very receptive, and and they are just as full of you know animal loving, warm hearted, compassionate people as we are. As long as they know the facts, they know the dangers, and now they know the opportunities of legislation of this sort. So we think we we are really getting somewhere. It's been a long and sometimes a lonely trip. It's been very, very hard work. I think I've probably made something like 300 or 350 speeches in the last uh, eight years. Um, you know, a lot of speeches in European Parliament and to many, many other important um, audiences. And I've been very encouraged by the fact that they're uniformly supportive. Very rarely, very rarely, are they, well, in fact, virtually never against us. Some people misapprehend things, which is very understandable. I knew nothing about all of this stuff till about nine years ago. Um, but, but generally, there's huge support, and we must try and capitalise on that for the animals. Do you think that because the climate crisis is so much worse now, and obviously the biodiversity crisis is forefront to that, that it almost might be right time, right place? And you might actually be providing other countries and industries with what they need to know and what they need to do? Well, I think there's a, yes, I do agree with that, that, that the confluence of these different factors, you know, the pressure of the, 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 the impact on adverse impact on biodiversity of, of lots of effects of climate change, of the destruction of the forests um, and of the natural terrain of these creatures of all sorts is drastic and terrible for not only their prospects, but in many ways, the prospects for our planet. Um, and, and, and in fact, Asian elephants, uh, as I think I said, when we, we met and, and broadcast before Christmas, um, are unique in nature as the as a super keystone species, the mega gardeners of the forests, who by their natural activities sustain and nourish the forests on which not just they depend, and not just all the creatures who inhabit the forest, those thousands, tens of thousands of species who inhabit those same forests, but upon which we, species, man, human beings depend also. And so they must be protected on every basis. Absolutely. Uh, you know, and, and, and many other creatures depend on them. Um, and, 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 and biodiversity and this tree of life is not just an accident. It's very careful. It's very... Um, carefully sort of um, uh, measured and it's very fragile if we put a great boot into it so again this is extremely important and I, I, I have hope I have hope that the more that people become aware of these facts and, and they are awakening to them I know that and as the deceit and the misdescriptions mis and the concealment of those making money out of this exploitatively um, are revealed and blown away that the road opens up to save these creatures. Yes, it has to. It just has to. And we won't keep, well, we won't stop fighting until it does in the uh, various ways that everybody does everything. Yeah, and I just um, want to say a word, you know, I, I, we are sometimes very cynical about our elected uh, representatives, our politicians, but in this instance, I've been uh, happily uh, reassured. I mean, I've met many very good and nice uh, MPs. It might be an astonishing heresy to say that, but I, I, it's true. There are many, and when, like most of us, including me, when we've got to know the facts, 
they don't want to turn away from it, not, not just because they need to get re-elected, but no, but because they are horrified, they they realise that, you know, some people look at it through human eyes, they, they, they say, well, that means my grandchildren will never see an elephant in the wild. And that's true, that's very sad, although my own personal view is that elephants and all animals have their own independent value, regardless of whether humans ever existed. Uh, yes. you know, and if I was sitting on a cloud and humans didn't exist, I would want to be fighting for the survival of all these other species because they have their own inherent worth and value. That's that's my view, not, not shared by everyone, but by some. And, and so that these politicians have been good, and we hope they will turn in a very good result in the House of Lords, the, uh, the unelected House of Lords, as has been done in the elected House of Commons. We really hope so. There are other issues that are quite complex. Um, at the moment, this law, if it becomes so, but this bill as it's drawn, and it's not my draft, although it's got, you know, it's, it's got parallels, um, only applies to England and Northern Ireland, not yet to Wales and Scotland. And there have been problems okay. consultation between the Westminster environment, uh, DEFRA in Westminster, uh, on the one hand, uh, in, in the, the adequacy, uh, which is, 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 is criticised, but the adequacy of their consultation, both with um, the Scottish Government and the Welsh Government, who say it was too late and too little, and they're not going to be party to this uh, bill, which is a devolved matter, so they'd have to agree. Um, but we're working at stay. We are again leading on working. In fact, we're, 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 we're entirely pioneering discussions with the Welsh and Scottish governments to try to persuade them to introduce their own legislation uh, to produce the same effect that, that, that uh, slipstreams alongside the, the UK government, the Westminster legislation. Scotland, for example, has an excellent legislation record. It's extremely good. There's been a bit of recent, um, you know, instability with the change of first minister and government. So, but that I hope will settle down. There's a very good environment uh, minister in place who retains her position. Uh, we've had discussions with her and her team, uh, as we have with Wales, and we are hopeful that they will do this. And indeed, we say to Scotland that, that if there is a big lag of time between law becoming effective in England that drives out all this brutal, uh, unscrupulous tourism, it can find a ready home north of the border in Scotland. Do you, Scotland, with your excellent animal welfare record, wish to be a magnet and then a haven for all sorts of unethical, brutal tourism practices? We would think not. But that's another good reason why you should be accelerating efforts, we very respectfully say, to implement your own legislation to, to the same effect. And I make no comment, really, because I wasn't party to it, about the adequacy of DEFRA's consultations, as it was obliged to conduct in Scotland and Wales. Um, but we note that both those governments say that they are confronted at the inadequacy of it. And we must just be respectful of all the governments. And, you know, you don't achieve anything by punching people, generally, in my experience. You, you know, we must be respectful. And we think, ultimately, when the facts are there, what we know, the populations of those countries, from all, say, the Asian elephants uh, polling and, and petitions, the people of all those, every country, of the, the four countries of the Union, are massively in support of these measures. It's about 90, 95 percent 
with about one or two percent maximum against it. There are little outposts uh, of people, for example, Jacob Rees-Mogg. Uh, for example, well, yes. I mean, I mean, there's nothing to be done about that person, is there? I mean, <laughs> yeah, but I, can't, uh, I wouldn't even call there's them. There's always out. one. There's always I, one, isn't there? I yeah, I wouldn't even call them outriders. I mean, they're not even that. No. So far away, they're hopefully almost invisible, but they have had influence and power. But they're very rare speeches, I'm pleased to say. Nice to yes. As well as speakers you might want to extinguish. But anyway. <laughs> well, one other thing, actually, that I'd like to say is that, and I hope people realise, is that many people who own elephants, and I only found this out, you know, by talking to um, someone else doing a podcast who's trying to save elephants, that elephants in tourist traps are owned by families it provides an income for them but a lot of these people don't want their elephant touched by tourists or begging on the streets they actually welcomed the help that they received during covid when they got an income to leave their elephant at home and people could take a picture from a distance so again what you're doing you know tourists have got to realize that it is a win-win for everybody. It's a win for the people with the elephants. Um, you know, it's it's a win for the animals and people can still have a holiday without worrying about what they're doing. Yeah, that's absolutely... You know, so, so it, please, it pleases everybody. And of course, you know, but poor you, you know, literally spent nine years of your life and hours every day doing it. But it's a heck of a result. And, you know, it's, it's brilliant. It's just wonderful. We're, we're, I mean, look, I mean, I'm, I'm a practicing lawyer and have been for a long, long time. And I, I don't assume anything, you know, I don't assume things are in the bag before they're there. So it, it, we it, I mean, and first of all, I should say that it's a massive privilege. I'm not complaining. My God, I mean, it's such a privilege, I'm sure, for all those very wonderful people who work for animals. You know, we know it's a great privilege. Um, but we, um, I think I think we. Um, we, we don't assume things, but but we do. Uh, you, you know, of course, we're we're delighted to see progress being made. Uh, for for this bill, there's a lot of fights ahead. There's a fight to get it through the Lords uh, intact in, in the best in the best way it can be. Then there's a fight to get the right regulations through the Secretary of State. But then there is quite possibly the need to bolster the bill in many ways. It is not stage draft now. It's a different bill. We would not have drafted it quite the same. But it's vastly better to have a bill that may have some imperfections than nothing at all. And this is because sometimes bills that are imperfectly drawn can be extremely effective, legislation I mean. And the opposite is true. Beautifully crafted bills sometimes flop. I've seen both down the years. But it's, it's a bill that has the prospect of changing social norms. It's a rallying point. It's a standard around which we can all gather. Again, one view, really, animal welfare for the survival of these species. And in many ways, also, you know, you imagine it's, it's a bill that's got holes in it and, and, and opportunities for the unscrupulous. What, what are they going, how are the public going to regard these people if they get off on technicalities? If they well, no, nobody likes that, do they? Everybody hates loopholes. Everybody hates to see someone, you know, scrounging something just because they can find a loophole in it. Exactly. So, so as long as the public maintain their view, and I have no doubt they will, that these, these precious creatures must be protected 
um, brutal brutality, torture, and exploitation in this way, and that yes, they can earn their living, but as long as their, their life is a, is a proper and a dignified one, uh, then they will be supportive of the measures in this bill. That's very important. The bill, you know, a law can only be truly effective if the government supports it. Yes. You know, like, let's say, you know, um, poll tax. I mean, that that, that was a, a law that was clear, but no one supported it, and, and we see it saw what happened. But, but so I, I think that's really important. And so that companies, and I, I've got to say, there is a very large group. I told you about the 1,200 plus that are today uh, making money out of brut brutality to elephants. Uh, yeah. Um, they, they, they're still there. They'll be looking for money. They'll be looking for opportunities. Do they really want to be dragged through the media and through the attention of people like Stay every day forever? So that their logo can't ever stand, you know, like, you know, travel safely with us or have a great time with elephants or whatever you like. Well, ho well hopefully they'll just move on, won't they? One day they'll print a brochure and it'll be different because everybody's moved on. They have to move on with it. That's the idea of it, is to certainly not close down animal tourism. Absolutely not. It's to close down unethical elephant tourism and animal tourism. Yes. There are many ways that can happen. But, but we accept that animals are there um, uh, and people want to see them. People are curious and interested. They're one, full of wonderment and delight uh, about seeing animals uh, in their natural states when they're not oppressed. Uh, and, and that's fed by the TV, by wonderful programs that we've all seen. <clears throat> We're not trying to deny people that. We're saying that it must be ethical, that, you know. And, and, and as far as making a living, well, people used to make a living Okay, out of children down mines uh, and and up chimneys and anything else you like, but that, the, the means do not justify the end. You know, we, we we can't say that we're allowed to make money any way we like. Otherwise, we'd be out with bows and arrows shooting each other and feeding them to our cats. I suppose exactly. And we're all horrified when we see children literally down mines in other places and other countries. Yeah. And everybody, you know, it's not okay. something anybody would stare at on holiday. And slavery, people made loads of money out of that. But how many exactly. people are going to get up on a tub these days and say, look, I've made very good money out of this. Um, it's so got to stop. Um, it, it's not good enough. And there is a perfectly good and viable alternative, which is ethical tourism, not no tourism, ethical. Uh, the good news is that actually of thousands of companies, there are, we've only identified under five in this country that only sell elephant tourism. Only under five. Free, I think. So, none of so, so it's going down. So that's great. Well, isn't it? I don't know if that figure is going down or not. I'm just saying that there's not many companies that only do that. So, in other words, okay. they can put money out of other ethical stuff. Yeah. As long as it doesn't abuse any uh, creatures um, uh, uh, without folding uh, as a company. You know, there's got to be proper information given. We've tried that. very hard with people like that. Uh, it's been like scaling. Uh, an extremely steep mountain face to make any headway. Uh, we would not say that many of these uh, representative organisations or those who represent have an open mind at all. Uh, and that's why we say with any with no regulation in the market, we need the compulsion of law. We need the uniformity of law in a complex market. So that's why, for all those reasons, this is a bill, the Animals Low Welfare Activities Abroad Bill, but really, we hope and pray everyone will support and, and encourage uh, MPs, but also now members of the House of Lords, uh, and get your MPs to encourage the Lords, if you like, 
to support this bill as it enters into the House of Lords. It's going to come to its initial reading, it's going to be the second reading, funnily enough, in the House of Lords very soon. It's not yet have update bits, but we've got to get all these stages through by the end of this session of Parliament. Fortunately, the session is going to be extended by the fact of the intervening coronation, but there's still a lot of work to do, stages to get through, and, and it's going to depend on government support and, and enduring government help, uh, but that in turn will need support from the people at large, uh, as well as members of the House of Lords, the peers. Well, I think we have covered the situation up to now. Yeah. I, will, uh, I will put the website links onto um, the podcast and details yeah. for people who want to click on and support Stay. I hope they do. And also, if you just want a bit more information as a tourist about you know, what's going on and maybe what you can do. And when you're thinking about donating for conservation, because it's so difficult, you know, so many people want conservation money, but it's, you know, the speed, the biodiversity is down to 3% in the world. So it's not working. So if you can, if you want to donate or want to help conservation, help those trying to protect it by law and stopping the tourism that is damaging the wildlife i mean that's a great thing that anybody can do right now absolutely yeah and if you can help us in our work we're very grateful you can go to our website which which is stae.org you'll see our petition there uh, you will see letters that you can send to mps and, and the prime minister and the department environment secretary um of course we we need money. money. We have very little money. We, we, I, I devise stay on a low cost base. We take no salary. We would never do that. Many of us pay our own expenses. It's a privilege to, to, to help the animals. But we do need. We have running costs. So if anyone feels they can help, we're extremely grateful. And everything goes for the elephants. That there's no, there's no, no first class travel or expensive offices or salaries or pension funds. Nothing. <laughs> we all have other jobs, and that's how we sustain ourselves. But but we need uh, support in other ways. You know, we need people to uh, write to parliamentarians to put us in touch with new audiences um, on and offline, um, to to put us in touch, you know, with magazines and commissioning editors, um, and 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 uh, help us with other things like IT, PR, uh, um, all sorts of um, social graphics and so on. That's all graphic design, it, it, it's all that that we need, and, and, and we're trying to grow an ever bigger audience. We've got the biggest petition in world history ever for any animal species. That's um, remarkable. And, and I mean, you've achieved in, an incredible amount. And I think that's another thing that I'm hearing a lot of is people with a skill set. You know, if you can do something, it you know, it makes such a difference and you can do it from home absolutely. You know, and, and you can really help. Yeah, you can. And everyone's got their skill sets. You know, when I was a boy, because I've always loved animals, I wanted to be a vet. And I used to go off, in fact, I used to get my parents to take me to see, to try and find and meet various famous vets. We never met a single one because I found oh, out where they were. Uh, but but um, that was the idea. And then I realised I was useless at science subjects. And, and then, of course, as I say, when I realised I was useless at everything, I had to become a lawyer. But, but now it's actually very helpful. It, it really is. And there's a lot of boys at stay, and, and they, they're really extremely eminent, some of them, and extremely helpful. And, and so it has been worthwhile becoming a lawyer. 
as well as us having all sorts of experts, ecologists, conservationists, uh, politicians, field experts, um, and other expertise. So all of you out there, please help us. You know, we will a very friendly team. We've won awards for, for the efficacy we've been named amongst the nine greatest charities in the world for our elephant work a year ago. Yeah, I was so proud of that because we were amongst eight other massive organizations we're only a, a, a small one but we fight really very hard seven days a week i do and several of my colleagues every day of the week we never stop and, and that's and that is something that everybody can see and really appreciates yeah. and i know people all over the world now from doing you know animal advocacy and it is you know you can literally wake up at two in the morning and someone is doing something in another country obviously it's daytime there but you can see that everybody's just plugging away, doing their thing, and it actually takes some of the pressure off. It makes you feel that things are getting better because when everybody just does what they can do, mm. it, it adds up more than anybody could really think. And we can't all, you know, do what you're doing, but we can do something else. And, yeah. and that's the thing, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's very true. There is a lot of wonderful people who... You know, we're in touch with many of them. It's a privilege to know them, and, and some of them are on my team, but many more, you know, around the world that we know of and sometimes have the privilege of working with. But there are forces of evil that are mighty that are at work, you know, the plundering of our environment and the wanton abuse of all the creatures in the forests and, and the lakes and the seas, uh, all these horrors and, and the ruthless abuse of them for, for tourism, for example. Um, and it's a fight against time for some species. They don't have. It time. is, yeah. They've been, they've been the denizens of, of this planet, of this planet Earth, for, for, for vastly longer than humans have. And now we're bringing them to their knees. And the elephants, for example, are standing now, working and exhausted at the, at the edge of the cliff, uh, awaiting their demise. We must try and turn that back, and, and, and we have no time to lose. Yes. That, that's what impels a lot of people that stay. It's, 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 well, it's, hopefully now, because it is on the news practically every day that there is no time. There's no yeah. time for the environment. There's no time for anything. Mm. So, you know, yeah. maybe it just had to get to this precipice for people to really think we have to do something now. Yeah, and I hope people so. and yeah. people are coming to them. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think we've covered so much here, and I hope people really can think about it. And you know press the retweet button, press a button, and try and do just something little every day to make a difference. Absolutely, yeah. Do be in touch, everyone, with Stay. We'd be delighted to hear. And if you have anything you feel is useful to offer, and everyone does, really. Some people are, are able to produce it more readily. Others are more reticent or perhaps more modest. I don't know. But we'd be so pleased to hear. It's very, very important. You know, I can't do this on my own. It would be, I couldn't do it. And I rely on my colleagues a lot. So I just believe my what I can, uh, you know, as I can. You do, you do so much. You really do. We, we, we need a lot of uh, support, and that, that's going to grow. And, and we're trying now to harness entire countries to our cause, not just the mass of the population. Um, and that's what we're doing in the UK at the moment. And we're getting very close to pulling that off. I'm pleased to say we're with the, with this prospective new law. So, that's brilliant. Thank you so much, Duncan. Thank you for joining us and telling everybody what you're doing and really giving people hope I it's hope just been, it's been lovely to talk to you 
Thank you very much, Yvonne. Nice to talk to you.